Section Y8 podcast is coming back to you. Negative niece is not solo this week. Uh, got got one person with us. One decided to show up. We went uh, back and forth this week on when to record the show. I couldn't record it last night because uh, this is Wednesday night. Uh, I couldn't record it on Tuesday night because Carter had a game. I was announcing, and then I went to a Mexican restaurant afterwards to eat chips and dip uh, with Chad Grubb and Hunter, listeners of the show. Uh, shout out to them. And, uh, then we recorded tonight, but I went to the UT game and just, I should have left like 10 minutes earlier, but I stayed until I think it was the, uh, under four media timeout and then headed to the exit. So it didn't take me long to get home, but, um, we're recording pretty late tonight, but it's just me and Harb this week. Shout out to Harb for jumping on. He's here with us. How's it going, Harb? I'm doing pretty good. Um, it's been in kind of a slow week at work. All the tourists have left Sevier County after the Thanksgiving weekend. So had a little time to chill out, you know, watch a little bit of UT basketball and, you know, just kind of regroup going into bowl season. Heard that. Well, Big Montana is not here this week, but shout out to Big Montana for the hat I've got on. Um, you know, I'm a big Trump fan. I've not endorsed anyone yet for the 2024 election. But uh, Big Montana got me this hat when we were tailgating at uh, South Carolina. Who? Who was that guy that came up selling these? Like, what was his what was his story? I was I was on the other side, so I wasn't paying attention. Well, him and that younger fella, uh, they had on like a uh, uh, bicycle police officer uniforms. Uh, party patrol, that's right. Party patrol, that was their name. They had badges that said "Party Patrol," and they walked up as bullshitting, kind of just you know shooting the shooting the bull, and uh, then they turned into salesmen real quick uh talking about selling ball caps and whatnot and next thing you know nice ends up with a trump 2024 cap on his head yeah for those listening and not watching the podcast this week i have a trump 2024 hat on and it says take america back and it's got the trump logo on the side but i originally thought he was giving it to i didn't know who this guy was when i came back around the truck you had it in your hand and just laid it on the bed of the truck and I was like, hell, did he just give Harbin that hat? I'm going to take it. Yeah, he, handed, then he, he got t- into he a sales pitch. Then, yeah, and they turned it into a sales pitch, and I laid that thing on the ground. I said, I'm good, buddy. Thank you, though. Yeah, and then Big Montana looked at me, and he said, you want it? And I was like, not really. And he's like, well, I'm going to get it for you for your birthday. So I don't know what. It's like 20 bucks or something. I don't know. Apparently, it went to, like, Veterans Affairs, supposedly. I think it went in his pocket, to be honest. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but party patrol was uh, going around uh, the the fairgrounds parking lot there in uh, Williams Bryce Stadium, uh, outside of South Carolina. But um, those proceeds are probably going to his party fund. I'd say they're probably already spent. Yeah, <laughs> just absolutely. being honest. Or went to go buy more fake hats. Yeah, because I think he bought this one at like the Sitgo or the QT or something. Because that's about what it feels like. It's one of the, it's a cheap hat. When I, this is the first time I've worn it was for the show here, and uh, I put it on. It's pretty cheap, but it'll you know fun hat to wear when you're playing cards or sitting around BSing with your buddy. So 
uh, I'll wear it around. But I have not made an endorsement yet for 2024. We'll get to that later on. Not tonight, but some other podcast episode down the road. But uh, uh, I was hoping more would be on here this week, but sad that they're not. They're not dedicated to the show like I thought they were. Uh, Ratings are at an all-time high, and Big Montana's too busy working. Gavin is probably asleep. It is ten. It is ten o'clock here on Wednesday night. But Gavin's probably asleep. Day Day Vol has got state testing at school tomorrow, so he's getting a good night's rest so he can uh, give out tests to kids and sit there and do nothing while they take the test. Why you need rest for that, I, I don't know. But uh, I'd say he'll get plenty of rest tomorrow. Yeah, he'll he'll be good and rested. He probably take a nap while they're while they're giving out the test and he'll wake up right when, right before they're done or when one of them needs to go to the bathroom or something. But, um, yeah, tough day for day day tomorrow. Uh, y'all remember him, but, uh, was going to have a special guest on here, but now he couldn't make it. So, uh, rough week for the podcast, Harbin. Here we are, man. We got a, I mean, it's team effort. You know, there's weeks that, uh, I can't make it or whoever can't, and we just got to step up and carry the load. You know, this this train keeps rolling. Stops for nobody. We will, uh, we'll go on and we'll give the people what they want, which is another episode. So, um, we got a lot to talk about because I was on here by myself last episode after the South Carolina game, just a disaster as I titled that episode, but we'll talk, we'll get Harbin's thoughts on South Carolina really quick. The Vandy game, college football playoff rankings, potential bowl games for Tennessee, Tennessee basketball, had some big wins last week. A couple non-sports categories that we'll get to um, later in the show. Harbin's top five showers that he's taken in his life. It'll be PG rated, I promise. Yeah, it, he uh, one of them was in South. Uh, spoiler alert: one of them was in South Carolina a couple weeks ago. Um, and then I came up with another. Uh, I wish there was more people on here, so we might delay this one. But this is like a golden era for songs about the state of Tennessee right now. I mean, and I don't want to like get into it right this second, but a lot of songs out there about the state of Tennessee, the Tennessee Vols. You name it. So uh, I can't remember yeah. another time. Number one on that list. What's that? Dixieland Delight. Oh, yeah. And those, speaking of, Chad Grubb texted this Saturday. Those he, those doofuses in Alabama are still playing that song. Like, what are they doing? But they don't play it between the third and the fourth quarter anymore. They were playing it in the fourth quarter like, during the timeout. So, it, What are they playing they, after the third quarter now? Well, they always play Green Day. I can't remember which song it is. Uh, they okay. always play a Green Day song, and then they play that. Um, or maybe they go back and forth. I've I've seen both, but yeah, it. Uh, they were playing it during a time when they came back from commercial during a timeout last week in between in the Iron Bowl. Uh, it was on during a commercial, and they were just singing, giggling, smiling, idiots. The song is about uh the song's about where you're from, Rutledge. Rutledge. 11W, baby. Bloody 11 W. All right. Um give me your thoughts. You were down there for that debacle in Columbia a couple weeks ago. What what was your thoughts about that? Now that you've had a few days to get away from it, actually a couple weeks now to get away from it. What what do you think about it? Well, 
the whole weekend was a lot of fun. I'm gonna preface by saying that. Um Nathan's uncle and Aunt Melody uh were gracious enough to house all of us heathens um and keep up with us, feed us, you know, for uh, Nathan's late birthday celebration. That was awesome. Get down there, tailgating, having a good time. All the South Carolina fans are great fans are great. Uh VFL Jason Swain and his boys dropped by the tailgate, got him a YY8 sticker, like uh, Nathan said last week. Uh, vibes were high. We had probably, at one point, probably about 30, 35 Knoxville, Knoxville folk at our place. And vibes were high. It was chilly. It was windy. So, so real quick, uh, at the game tonight, Thomas Reigns sat in front of us at the stadium. He said, hey, when I was in the stadium, I saw this girl walk in. And she had one of your stickers on her butt cheek. That's the marketing oh, yeah. guru. Yeah. It, no, I think it was some. I think it was another one. No, it wasn't. I think there was multiple females that had these stickers. Which on the video, if you're watching, you can see it. They had these stickers on their uh, rear end. I don't care what anybody says. Females can sell things better than males can. It, it's but just that was. It, it is genius if you think about it because. Most guys look at girls' butts, yeah. and that's what she said. She said, most guys look at my butt, so why not put the sticker on it? I was like, I stood there and didn't know what to say. I was like, that's actually like brilliant. It's incredible. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to take stickers to games and just walk up to girls and start putting them on their butt. <laughs> well, you're going to have to ask if they're okay with it. Well, I'll ask. Obviously. Yeah, I'll ask. Yeah. I'm all about getting permission, <laughs> but sorry, continue. Uh, so cold, windy, uh, walk in, um, South Carolina's cool atmosphere. It was my first time going, um, pregame's cool. They played Ric Flair, you know, uh, and then they get ball first, go right down the field, score on us. And I don't think anything of it personally. I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. We come right back down and score even quicker. And I look at Griff and I'm like, okay, back to reality, seven, seven, like, Warm up a little bit. We're fine. Well, they go right down the field and score again and again and again. And even like midway through the third quarter when we were down 14 or 17 or something and we scored to cut it to 10, I think it was, 41-31 or something like that. Yes. I still wasn't nervous. I was like, okay, like South Carolina put up a fight. Like we're fine. Then the floodgates opened, and we ended up getting our doors blown off. And I, mean, I was madder than hell leaving the stadium. We we left shortly after a uh, hooker went down. I couldn't stomach much more after that. Um, side note: uh, losing the game, whatever. I've seen us lose a lot. That's fine. I can handle it. But a guy like him losing a shot at a Heisman, losing a shot at playing for a national championship and probably costing himself a good amount of money. That hurt. That's the biggest takeaway that I had from it. Like that's what left me with a pit in my stomach. Um, going after that, uh, seeing what all happened in college football this past weekend, which is literally everything Tennessee would have kind of needed or benefited from if we'd have taken away from South Carolina. I was just, I was so mad. I was like, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler and Shane Beamer is the reason we're not going to be playing 
for a potential chance to play for a national championship. It's it sucks. It's gonna it's gonna this feeling's gonna sit for a long, long time, probably until we actually make it there. I mean, like you said last week, it's up there with that two thousand one loss. And personally, I'd say it's worse. I mean, you go in there as twenty two and a half point favorites and you lose by twenty five. Man, good grief. That's good a grief. huge turnaround. Good grief, niece. Good grief. Well, I, so I think after this past weekend where you see Ohio State get blown out at boat raced in the second half at home by Michigan, and then you see um, LSU lose, and you see uh, – who am I missing here? Um, uh, Oregon. Oregon lost again. Clemson lost again. So you see all this stuff happening around us, and you're like, if we would have just gone in there and taken care of business, like where would we be? We would be in the top four right now. We'd be three. I be promise three. you. Yeah. Um, so and that Michigan, hurts. Michigan beat Ohio State by three touchdowns in the shoe without their best player. Yeah. And I'm that's right. what that's what sucks about it because um that all that stuff happened. I think one thing that did make me feel a little bit better about it was seeing Clemson lose to South Carolina because it makes the loss that we had not look as bad, even though the committee, and we'll talk about that in a minute, looks to uh, put more weight on losses than they do uh, wins. But um, that was kind of a silver lining there a little bit, I guess. But it stunk this past weekend seeing – because we needed Ohio State to lose – we needed LSU to lose to get them out of the way. And we needed Clemson and Oregon, all these teams around us lost. They're still like, if we were still in there, you would still have like TCU there that could lose this weekend. Michigan could lose again this weekend. Um, USC's right in there. We probably would need them to lose this weekend. So there's still a lot that could have happened. But God, just think about where we would be right now if we hadn't have played so awful at South Carolina and gave up 63 to the team that scored six points, zero on offense the week before that. And the one, one of the most annoying things that I've heard over the last couple of weeks is, um, man, before the season started, you would have jerked somebody's arm off for 10 and two. Yeah, we yeah. would have. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But as, but as time goes on, expectations change as you go. Like, after after we beat Florida, LSU, and Alabama, you got one thing on the brain. 99% of the time, I mean, we lose to Georgia, fine, whatever, cool. We still had a clear path to get where we wanted. And, yes, like in July, if you'd have told me we'd have went 10-2 and two and lost to Georgia and South Carolina, I'd been like, okay, the Spencer Rattler thing worked at South Carolina. Cool. Coming second in the East, probably go the Orange Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, it's looking like right now. Hell yeah, I'd have jerked your arm off for it and paid you a lot of money for it. But a month ago, if you'd have told me ten and two, I'd have been so mad. With kind kind of like how I am right now. Yeah, man, was, yeah. I mean, it's just uh, we, we we had it on a silver platter, and we did what we've done for the last twenty years. Which I'm getting a little negative now, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you'd have said we were ten and two. Uh, 
at the start of the year, which I think Big Montana did pick us to go ten and two and said we would play in the Sugar Bowl. Um, I think we were all like, "Heck yeah!" I had us going nine and three. I think Day Day had us going eight and four. I think Gavin was either nine and three, eight and four. But yeah, you're right. We would have been. But now that you look where we were losing to South Carolina is kind of a knife in the side. You know, it, it just it stinks because that's not we were supposed to beat them. We're better. I still think we're better than they are, um, even though they beat us. But that's not the, you beat Alabama, Florida, and LSU, and you still go ten and two, and that's what stinks about it. Yeah, uh, it's just – it's tough. And then kind of segue into the playoff show last night. Uh, they're going to try to screw us out of the Orange Bowl and throw Ohio State in there because they don't want to go to the Rose Bowl again. Yeah, now, like like it's all just it, – it's all making a little perfect little storm. And, yeah, my, like my head might explode soon. So, I've talked to several people about this. There are people that are convinced um, – that this happened, people that we know. Do you think Tennessee – there's rumors flying about problems in the locker room between Banks, Hooker, and Milton, and somebody else. Who knows what's true? It's like Michael Scott on the off the uh, gossip episode. Like, who knows what to believe? But uh, do you think the defense threw that game? I can't wrap – before you answer – there are some I know that are kind of convinced now after watching Tennessee shut out Vandy last weekend that that's the case. But I just can't wrap my mind around that that, that could happen. As a player, no matter how you feel about your offense or somebody on the other side of the football or anybody on your team, how could you go out and throw a football game when you're in the running for a chance to play for the national championship? Do I think they threw the game? No, I don't. I'll preface by saying that. But the conspiracy theorists out there, which I, I, I like to I like to feed into conspiracy theories sometimes, uh, but they've got a lot of ammo because Jeremy Banks doesn't play, supposedly gets into it with Hooker, yada, yada, yada. Uh, we give up 63 South Carolina, who scored six points on Florida the previous week. Uh, Banks returns to the team and plays against Vanderbilt. And we shut him out. And I didn't get to watch much of the game, but from what I understand, their offense looked absolutely awful. And we looked like the 85 Bears defense out there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I understand, like, defensive captain or defensive leader, however you want to put it, uh, makes a huge impact. But th it's really hard to wrap my head around that one single player makes that big of a difference. On the defensive side of the ball, at least. I don't believe – yeah, I don't believe that Jeremy Banks was the reason – him missing was the reason we scored – or gave up 63. No. I mean, if he was Luke Keekley or J.J. Watt or whoever you want to throw out there, then fine. But, I mean, he's a, he's a good player. I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, bottom line is we will never know the 100% truth on the situation. No. So, but my, the short answer, do I think they threw the game? No, I don't. I don't either. I just can't wrap my mind. I hope it's not true, but I just, I can't wrap my mind around it. But 
you go from one week giving up 63 to giving up zero. Now, granted, Vandy's attack was run left, run right, run up the middle. They had no passing game to speak of whatsoever. Tennessee was just clogging the the line of scrimmage up. Vandy broke some stuff here there, um, but was just never able to do much of anything. But I just it's like a huge contrast from one week to the next. Like Jeremy Banks was back, but we were also missing Turnage, who got hurt in at the South Carolina game. We well, were missing I'm flowers. Yeah, I'm I mean it was like like <laughs> The funny thing is we were missing our pretty much our whole starting secondary, and that was probably the second best the defense has looked all year. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was the best game besides Kentucky. Right. Yeah. So the whole starting secondary, who has been the most suspect unit of the entire team all year, has to sit, doesn't play for whatever reason, not 100% sure for all of them, but all of them sit, and that's second best played all year. Hmm. Yeah, turn. I know Turnage was hurt. I wasn't sure what was wrong with Flowers. I never really heard. I'm not sure either. Um, Turnage was yeah. the one. That, Turnage was the one that uh, popped his hammy against uh, South Carolina, right? Yeah. Which yeah. I was like, good, get him out of the game because he was chasing players anyways. But it didn't matter. Next play, getting- his replacement comes in and gives up a touchdown. So it didn't matter who was out there. Yeah, Turnage uh, was getting picked on so bad in Columbia, though. It was bad. It was really bad. Him him and Haddon were awful. And mm-hmm. and really, I throw Flowers and McCullough in there, too. They were terrible. Well, the I thing, don't know where in the world they were most of the night. The thing that made no sense to me was, like, our front seven's been solid all year. I thought I'd throw them in the solid mm-hmm. category. I think it's fair. We got absolutely zero pressure against South Carolina. Yeah, it was bad. They did nothing on that side. Like, of I mean, I mean, Rattler's jersey was as clean, was probably cleaner than my t shirt because I'm sure I spilled spilled beer on it before the game. I mean, he his... got hit twice, but they were like spread out. He remember he got popped one time yeah. when he tried to scramble, right? Um, and then he got popped later in the second half, but that was it. I mean, other than that, he just stood back there and did what he wanted. Yeah, and that's literally the best he's looked since high school. Yeah, I mean, I mean that. I mean, maybe Oklahoma, Oklahoma, like, God. uh, I mean, there was several passes that he couldn't have gone out there and handed it to the receiver any better than he threw it to him. It was amazing. There was a a touchdown pass right in front of us, and I was like, "Hold, nobody could guard that." Right, and uh, a thing that um, I and Burke and Griff and Cruz were talking about on the way out was, man, give Rattler and Beamer all the credit as much as it hurts because we made fun of Beamer ball all week and they didn't yeah. use a single bit of Beamer ball and still beat the tar out of us. They didn't have to. No, they only, <laughs> hell, they only punted once. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have to. All they did was score touchdowns and kick extra points. So they had uh, 12 total possessions, scored nine touchdowns, punted once, and it had two knees for the end of the half and end of the game. That, yeah. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I I was there for the 2016 game. I was there in Columbia in 2008. Uh, Tennessee lost that game, and then the next day is either Sunday or Monday. Philip Fulmer was was fired. Uh, so I've been there. It was the third time I've been there when just bad things happen, and all three of those were night games. So next time we play at South Carolina, I hope it's a noon or a 3:30 kickoff. 
Yeah, let's play at um, 8 a.m. Get, get a little breakfast and bed game on ESPNU. The last time I saw Tennessee win, well, I guess the last time we did win there was 2014. Um, that was the uh, overtime game where we came. We were down like 14 with like two minutes to go and came back uh, and won it in overtime. But we lost in 2016. We lost in 2018. And we – well, we won in 2020. I forgot about that. But I didn't go to that one. Um, and then we lost – in uh this week or two weeks ago so i've been to three straight south carolina losses at williams Bryce stadium and i said this um in a you tweet watch earlier at uncle eric's house yeah we just need to go to spartanburg and watch it there right. but um i when i go on the road if we win i should get all the credit and if we lose i shouldn't get any of the blame right I mean, if you win, you're the. I mean, if we win, you're the good luck charm. If we lose, you weren't on the field. I totally get it. Yep, that's uh, that's what Trump said about the Republicans losing the election. So uh, same thing. Same thing applies to me. Not my fault. But if we win, then all credit to me. Um, So Tennessee beat Vandy fifty-six zero. That was a bloodbath. You didn't get to watch much of the game, but all you saw. All you missed was Tennessee running off tackle, touchdown. Tennessee running uh, outside, touchdown. Uh, Milton threw a bunch of bombs down the field. Most of them were overthrown by three to five yards. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I, I'm not – so, like I said, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. For those of you that know, Coach A, Tom Arsenal, I was at his 80th birthday party Saturday night. Um. It was absolutely electric, live band, open bar, great food, had some barbecue. Uh, but I had it pulled up on my phone. I watched a little bit of it when I could. Um, it was rainy. It was cold. It was windy. Um, I'm going to give Milton the benefit of the doubt and not put a whole lot of stock into how he looked because of the conditions. Um I mean, it's Vandy, man. Here's my second point. That's Vandy. Uh, run, run, run. Beat them by 50. That's exactly how that should go every single year. Treat them like they're Carson Newman or somebody like that. Have 80% of the crowd wearing orange. Go home and wait for your bowl game. That's how it should be every year. Yeah, it's, you know, uh, Griff, I played golf with Griff Saturday morning, and he was like, oh, man, I'm nervous about this game. And I'm like, why would you ever be nervous about playing Vanderbilt? Uh, why in the world would you ever be nervous about Kentucky? I don't worry about either of those teams ever. I don't Maybe bet on basketball, but. I don't bet on Tennessee games, but when that line opened up at 14, I was like, I literally texted like four buddies. Shout out Danny Want. I texted buddies um, and told them take a loan out and put it on Tennessee because this is free money. We're going to give Vandy the red ass treatment after a stunning loss. And that's exactly what happened. But on a serious note, it was very good to see us bounce back because I, I was a little. I was not anxious, but uh, I was I was wanting to see how we'd respond after just throwing our season away by three plus touchdowns. So it was it was a positive to see how we responded. So I will say that. Yeah, I thought it was um, Hopple's 
brief career here, uh, I thought it was one of his better coaching jobs with all the distractions that were going on around the program and how we lost South Carolina to get the team back together. They could have easily not played well at all, and I thought they just, they just came out and just dominated. Vandy sucks, but they just came out and dominated. I mean, we saw Vandy beat Florida and Kentucky two weeks in a row before they played us, and we – I mean, they looked like we were playing Carson Newman, no offense. It looked hey, like we were town, playing Carson town's Newman. Up, baby. Town's up. It is what it is. But, yeah, um, it was really encouraging to see how they bounced back because I was never nervous, but – However, I've been scorned very much in my lifetime by the University of Tennessee, so I was like, man, nothing shocks me at this point. But I was never nervous. But it was nice to see a little thumping to finish the season, get a little bit of that bad taste out of our mouths, and um, get a little momentum headed into whatever bowl we end up in. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good way to end the season. Like we said, 10-2. and two. Uh, you beat Vandy 56 to nothing, which is supposed to happen. You beat Kentucky this year, which is supposed to happen. Uh, we broke the streak to to Alabama 15 years. We beat Florida at home for the first time since 2016 and only the second time since 2004. Um, so big wins there. We went on the road and just dominated LSU, who is a top 15 team. So we've got two, as of right now, top 15 wins so i mean just i didn't ex i thought we would win eight or nine games but the way we went about it this year totally caught me off guard i was not expecting to be in the college football playoff talk national title talk sec title talk i mean i picked tennessee i mean i didn't we didn't even talk about alabama or georgia game at the start of the season we were like pass that's a loss and then right. once the season got going, it was like, man, we we can beat Alabama. We can go down and beat Georgia, and we did want to did beat Alabama, but obviously didn't beat Georgia. But um, they didn't run over us like uh, Michigan ran over Ohio State. That's for sure. Ohio State, God, such frauds. I don't even want. I don't even want to waste the. Uh, here, here's a Gavin quote. I don't even want to waste good oxygen on talking about them. <laughs> I heard but that. before the season, I said I was kind of thinking eight and four. Um, and then I said optimistically, I think nine and three. Uh, but one thing I did get correct, I said we will probably beat somebody that we probably shouldn't. And we're probably going to lose to somebody that we shouldn't just because of our play style. That's like, and then. Unfortunately, whichever one, or fortunately, whichever one you want to look at it, we beat Alabama, which as the season went on, I just kind of think we're a better football team all across uh, for over the 22 positions on the field. They just have Bryce Young, who's a superhuman. Um, and then we go out and lose the USC junior, um, who I think we're better than at all 22 positions on the field. So, yep. I mean, it is what it is, man. Uh, I would still consider this season a success. I would give it an A, A minus, somewhere in that general region. Probably an A. So, college football playoffs. Um, Tennessee is at seven right now. Um, what do you think about it? Too high? Too low? About right? We're we're like I. My thought is is we should be 
I thought sixth or fifth, but what do you think? Um, we're too low. Um, and it's because we're behind Alabama. If you want to keep Ohio State at five, whatever. You know, us and Alabama both have two losses. I get it. You're not going to hear me complain too much about that. But on the committee show last night, they had Oregon State ahead of Oregon, are both nine and three, and Oregon holds the head to head. Florida State is 13, LSU is 14. Florida State beat them by one first week of the season. Keep in mind that's in September. A lot of people are like, oh, you lose in September? Like, that's better than losing in October, November. And then you have Alabama and Tennessee, who are both 10 and 2. And the good guys in orange hold the head to head, but somehow we're still behind them. And we have the two better wins. We beat LSU. The one common opponent we have, we beat them by 27, and Alabama loses to them, which I totally get it, Like, which I don't actually, I don't get it. I, I got caught off. Big Montana has joined the Zoom. That threw me all off. I lost my train of thought, and he's shirtless. Oh, my God. The Vols are winning their ball game. Hold on a second. I accidentally muted him. <laughs> we have a late arrival to the show. Big Montana is here. <laughs> what do you say, fellers? And he's shirt he's shirtless. My God. Balls are back, baby. God, you can tell that the basketball's covered tonight. <laughs> what was the line? <laughs> so I when I got to the arena, it was I 35. Asked, it, was it was 35, 35 and they won by 36. <laughs> yeah. And it I was looking no like we were gonna grind out like an 18 point win. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a slow go there, but uh, yeah, I asked Thomas when we were there. I said, "What's the line?" He said, "I don't know. I don't look at lines during basketball season." And I said, "Well, I do, but I I forgot to look pregame, so I had no clue that it was thirty five. I mean, I figured there, it was between uh, twenty five and thirty, but there's nothing better than a good ten team. <clears throat> sorry, college basketball parlay on a Saturday in the winter. I agree with that. Uh, big for for those of you that are just listening to the audio, Big Montana entering the Zoom call was the equivalent of Undertaker sitting up at WrestleMania. <laughs> that, that was absolutely incredible. I lost my damn train of thought. Yes, yes. We just needed Jerry. We just needed the King in here to go. Ah! My God! Ah! My God, King! I want just get, getting off track here. I sent this to, or I think. Big Montana sent me a clip of it, and it was Austin hit everybody in the ring with a chair, and it was Backlash 2000, the best WWE pay-per-view ever, in my opinion. If you have Peacock, go look it up. WWE Backlash, the year 2000. The main event was Stone – or, sorry, The Rock versus Triple H. The deck was stacked against The Rock. He Triple H was the champion – uh the authority or what not the authority the well they weren't the corporation anymore at that point but it was basically all the mcmahons were out there helping uh triple h against the rock and then here comes stone cold with a chair he hits triple h he hits the stooges with a chair who were dressed as referees and he gets in the ring and hits triple h and then here comes linda mcmahon to the ring with 
the fired referee Earl Hebner, the greatest w- the greatest wrestling official of all time, and he enters the ring. Linda pushes Stephanie McMahon down, her own daughter, and the commentary is just fantastic between Jim Ross going berserk, Jerry Lawler going berserk. Is this everything about it is so awesome? Go back and watch it. So what we were talking about, Big Montana, was the playoff rankings. Harbin, I don't know where you were. I've totally zoned out here. I have zero idea where I was. You said we we should be ahead of Bama, which I agree with. We should be at least six. I know I know where I I know where I was at. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Finish up. Uh pretty much they put Oregon State ahead of Oregon because they're both nine and three, and Oregon State holds the head to head. Uh Florida State and LSU are both nine and three. They put Florida State one spot ahead of them because they hold the head-to-head. And Tennessee and Alabama are both 10-2. and two. We hold the head-to-head. Have the – we beat LSU by 27. Alabama loses to LSU. It's the only common opponent we have. And somehow we are seven and, and Alabama is six. Um. I don't care how I sound when I say this. It's just true. If you switch the helmets, it's not even a it's not even a discussion. Hell, they've probably got us at damn thirteen with that yeah. resume. Like seriously, because their best win is what's Alabama's best win? Is it Texas? It's Texas or Ole Miss. Texas and Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, good I don't grief. Know who else? They. Good grief, I mean, niece. good grief. They, uh, I mean, seriously, like Tennessee has two wins against top 15 opponents. We have a higher strength of schedule. We beat Alabama. Um, we have a better record against common opponents. We beat LSU. We beat uh, Vandy. They beat Vandy too. That, that's the other one. That's the yeah, other one. But we, I can't, you know, right off the top of my head, but I do know we have a better record against common opponents. Every category that they supposedly use to rate these were better than Alabama, but yet they're holding this loss against South Carolina, which I understand they're holding this loss against that we had against South Carolina against us more than the wins that we picked up. And they're giving Alabama credit for the losses they had because their losses were to us by three and to LSU in overtime by one. So they lost at the buzzer twice. Who cares? They still lost. Here, here's my here's my question for you two fellas. It's real quick. I just need to ask you a question. So they, they say that losing early is better than losing late. And sure, whatever. Let's say we would have lost to Florida. That's September. And then we are 10-2 and two now. We beat South Carolina. They would still have Alabama ahead of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Losing early or late when you wear orange does not make a damn difference. It is what it is, I'll which – go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say I'll get to Big Montana, but Thomas at the game tonight said – I don't know who tweeted this, but he he was kind of agreeing with it that while we do have a big name, we don't have the Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson type where we've won for the past – a lot yeah. for the past decade plus. <clears throat> I mean, we have good tradition. We've won a lot of games in in our history, but we don't have that recent history that they do. So that might be an issue. I don't know, but they kind of give those guys the benefit of the doubt um, with it. Man, that that loss to South Carolina, just getting our asses torched, is 
the Achilles heel on all this. I agree with you. Common opponents would beat Alabama head-to-head. Alabama's two losses come by, what, four points? Four points. So, but also, they're two more plays away from being eight and four. Uh, Texas yeah. should have beat them. It took a miraculous play to, uh, for Bama to pull that game off. Um, who was the other one? Texas A&M. You know, yeah, they Texas were, A&M threw it shorter than them. <clears throat> just an idiot play call by Jimbo Fisher. I knew what he was trying to do. They just didn't execute it the right way. Um, so, but like I said, Tennessee takes care of business. We're not having this discussion. Um, they're probably the third-ranked team right now if they beat South Carolina. Um, the way it shakes out. So, can't leave it in anybody's hands but yourself. I mean, that's just part of it. <clears throat> yeah, it, that's it true. Is BS. It, it is BS. I mean, in other – you know, I've heard somebody say, well, you know, this is Alabama's worst season in 10 years. It's Tennessee's best. Get used to it or whatever, you know. And I'm like, okay. At the end of the day – at the end of the day, beating Alabama this year was my national championship. If the season ended right there, I'd been happy. The Lord could have took me home. And I'd enter the gates of heaven with cigar smoke in my breath. I mean, it would have been a beautiful thing. But uh, I don't know what can top that moment for me. We talked about this. Would a national championship be more special than that night? Yeah. It'd be – I mean, I'm serious. Like uh... – it would be close. I think yeah. it would. I think it would be, but it it would be different though because it It'd would be, be different because it wouldn't yeah. be Nayland. It wouldn't. You know, you wouldn't have been storming the field. They wouldn't have cracked the goalpost. We wouldn't have been smoking cigars. They wouldn't have been playing Dixieland a lot. You know, it but it would have been. It would have. Yeah, it would have been special. Yeah, uh, but I don't. Happen. I think they're two totally different things. Though, to right. be honest, and I'm not taking anything away from the Alabama win. Like I, I mean, hell, I was right there with you, boys. Hell, I cried. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, I ain't even going to lie about it. Well, I mean, we're talking about a regular season win in October versus a national championship, which is going to be at least 25 years since the last one when we do win one, when, when we do win the next one. Like, and I get it, like, Bama's our game. That's our game every year. And we hadn't beat them in, what was it, 14, 15 years. I get it. But, I mean, national championship – Cumberland turns into a damn river. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did did you all talk about the South Carolina game? I'm sure you mm. did. Yeah, great. we did already. What do you think about it real quick? Uh, it was a beautiful trip. I had a great time. I enjoyed it. Um, everything was great but the game. Um, just a – it was awful. Yeah, the game was uh, bad. Probably my lowest point – I've kind of grown up a little bit to where I don't get like depressed over sports losses anymore, really. But that was a shitty ride home, knowing what we lost. Um, if it had just been if we were eight and four, or whatever already, and we lost to South Carolina, it wouldn't have been that big a deal. But just for what we lost, it's pretty rough. Yeah, it stunk. That's for sure. Um, I like your hat, niece. Yeah, I said I was wearing it. You got it for me for my birthday, so yeah, I'm wearing the. I, I, I probably. I have not made an endorsement, but I am wearing this hat. I probably uh, endorse some child sex slavery by buying that hat for you. 
but uh either not, that or you bought that guy a 12 pack yeah but because uh, he, he was with the party patrol we'll, we'll, uh, go, we'll go with 12 pack i really did appreciate the guy's sales pitch though being a salesman myself he he was trying hard and i was like you know what let's help this guy out he had a bunch of money in his pocket though did anybody else see that I People did not see that. I did not. No, I did not oh, see that. So he'd, he'd sold multiple hats already. Oh, he he had he had at least a grand in his hand. He it caught me. Up. I didn't know what was going on at first because I was in the truck getting something yeah. out when he came by, and I walked up and I'm like, "What the heck is this? Who's this guy? How much did he charge you for that hat, Bowen? Uh, I only gave him twenty bucks. Yeah, fair. I said this is the kind of hat you get at like a pilot or qt yeah. or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> those a, ones they have up in front of the counter next to the cell phone chargers yeah i think i've seen that hat hanging up in the sunoco in jeff city that's probably right. it looks good i guarantee it, it. <laughs> uh so coach we talked about the rankings so potential landing sites for tennessee in a bowl game uh should these are on the table for me sugar orange and cotton i don't think we'd go anything less than that um now that the rankings are out i think it's going to be tough for tennessee to go to the sugar because they have to take the highest rated sec team not in the uh final four which would be alabama as of right now uh so that would you would think drop us to the orange bowl um i've heard seen stuff Heard stuff today that the Rose Bowl may not take uh, Ohio State. And then Jerry Palm tweeted nine hours ago in what would be the most Purdue thing ever, there are rumors flying around West Lafayette that the Rose Bowl would not take the Boilermakers if they win the Big Ten on Saturday against Michigan. The last Big Ten champion to be available for the Rose Bowl but not play there was Indiana in 1945. Um, So there's – a I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes because I think the Rose Bowl contractually does not have to take Ohio State, so they can basically pick who they want. So there's rumors that they'll pick Penn State, and that would send Ohio State to the Orange Bowl, which would there in turn send Tennessee more than likely to the Cotton Bowl. So what's your all's thoughts on where Tennessee may land? Could they not pick Tennessee to come out there? To the Rose Bowl? Yeah. I mean, they could, but they, when they're not playing in the, when they're not hosting a national title game or playoff, they want Big Ten versus Pac 12. So I, that would be highly unlikely. I'd go to Pasadena. Oh, I'd, I'd go out there in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. Um, I still think, I don't, I don't care about the host Ohio State thing. I still think that's just bullshit media thing. Um, it's all rumors. It's all hearsay. I, right. I'm still thinking that we have probably an 85% chance of playing in the Orange Bowl against Clemson, which the more I think about it, that's probably the one that I want the most. After that, I'd probably say it's 5% Sugar Bowl, which just just based on bowls, period. Obviously, Sugar Bowl is the most has the most integrity out of all three of these. But we're looking at playing like Kansas State. I don't want to play Kansas State. I don't want to play Kansas State. Like I like what well, I would, what, I would what, rather play. What is the what, what is the gain? What is like? Let's say we beat Kansas State. What is there to gain outside of being Sugar Bowl champions? Yeah, there's a lot more to gain in beating Clemson 
whether you want to talk about recruiting or like um or like just geographically geographical sense uh Dabo run his mouth about us flipping burgers during conference championship weekend there's a better storyline in orange bowl i don't think any of us want the cotton bowl and that's probably the second most um that's probably got the second highest odds of where we go and I saw a couple of reports where they were gonna they were gonna try their damnedest to get us in there against UCF, get Hopple against his team. ESPN would absolutely love if UCF beat us, blah, 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 whatever. That has some interesting storylines. We also have nothing to gain from that. Or we played Tulane. Cool. A rematch from 75 years ago in the SEC. Whatever. Um at this point, I want the Orange Bowl against Clemson. I want to beat Dabo by 14 to 20 and let him flip burgers until August. I agree. I, I want Clemson just from a uh, personal friendship level. I got a bunch of friends that attended Clemson. Um, I just think it would be fun. Uh, we're just talking about this. It's going to be an expensive trip to Miami, though. I don't. I don't think I'll make the trip. Are you gonna go bowling? I probably won't, just because it's Christmas time and yeah. I'm already selling blood to pay for all these gifts. I would. I would go to New Orleans if we went to the Sugar Bowl. I would go. Maybe. Maybe. But I'm not. I'm not going to Jerry's World. I mean, shout out the Cowboys. They're playing great. I'm not going. I'm not going to Dallas. I'm probably not going to go to Miami. I would probably go to New Orleans. So there's that. So, what about you, uh, my my preference, and I'm being selfish here, is to go to the Sugar Bowl because my family's there, and it's been since 1991 since Tennessee's been to the Sugar Bowl. Last time we played there was against Virginia. Um, so what is that? 31 years since we've been there. So, um, yeah. and the Sugar Bowl to the SEC is like the Rose Bowl to the Big Ten and the Pac-12. That's like Back in the day, that's where you wanted to go. If you were if you were the SEC champion, you automatically went to the Sugar Bowl because obviously there was no playoff or BCS or anything like that back then. Um, this whole conversation is like crazy to me. That, and I'm not saying I I I would love to play Clemson. Don't get me wrong, but if we were having this conversation in the nineties or the early two thousands said, well, I'd rather, I don't want to go to the cotton bowl. I don't want to go to the sugar bowl. Yeah. Like those are two of the most prestigious bowl games you can play in. Well, I mean, the thing I don't like about the cotton they, bowl they anymore is the they played it. They, they played at Jerry's world. It needs to be at the cotton bowl stadium. That's a yeah. problem with it. Well, but, and, the, and the other thing they've ruined about the cotton bowl is the highest ranked group of five team plays yes. in it. Yes. And cool. Normally, you have an under, or sometimes you have an undefeated group of five or a one loss group of five that has lost like an SEC or a Big Ten team, and it's cool. But how many group of five teams are there this year that are like actually pretty good? I mean, you got, UC, you got Central Florida, Houston, or no, Houston's not good this year. UCF lost the Navy at home. Then you got Cincinnati, who's not even playing. And their head the, coach bounced to Madison. He's not coaching. Yeah. I mean, Tulane's probably the best one of them all. Yeah, and they're a solid football team. The fun, the funniest thing about this whole conversation is, in August, 
if you would have told us all that we would be <laughs> fighting over whether we were going to the Sugar Bowl or the Orange Bowl on New Year's Day, we would all laughed. Here, oh, here's I, another. I agree with you, and we we touched on that earlier. Here's also, another. I do want I do want to point out that I had my games wrong, but I did pick the final record correct. Yeah, I said that earlier before you hopped on here that you did pick us to go ten and two. Um, I think Day Day Vol was the only one that picked us to lose to South Carolina, but um, yeah, I think I, I was. I, nine did, I did make a comment about I was worried about that game too, but. That's yeah, I think I had us nine and three. Gavin was nine and three. Day Day was eight and four. You were ten and two. So we were all, you know, right in there. But yeah, you did ten and two. And I, I did say Sugar Bowl too. So you did. Well, I, that's why I'm being selfish about it because I want to go. I can go back down there, spend a few days around my family. Got a free place to stay. Um, <laughs> it will be a lot cheaper. Here's the bad. Here's the thing that you put the orange ball over the sugar in this whole thing. The Orange Bowl's on Friday, December 30th at 8 o'clock, 7.30 or 8 o'clock, it says. The Sugar Bowl is at noon on New Year's Eve. At noon. The Sugar Bowl should never be at noon any day of the week. It should be on New Year's Day, and it should be at like 8 o'clock. That's when it's always played. The isn't Rose the Bowl, Bowl... Isn't the Cotton Bowl noon on New Year's Day? Cotton Bowl is January 2nd, 1 p.m. Oh, that's mm. even worse. That's even worse, which is a Monday... God, it's even worse. <laughs> what what's December 30th? Is that a Friday? It's yeah. a Friday. So here's here's another thing I don't like about it. And I know they have to do this because of scheduling and TV and all this stuff. Because January 1st is Sunday, NFL's playing, but the Rose Bowl's on January 2nd. Are you kidding me? The Rose yeah. Bowl is supposed to be on New Year's Day. The Sugar Bowl are, is supposed to be on New Year's Day. What are we doing? Are there Sad. are there any games scheduled for New Year's Day? Uh, that's what I'm trying to find here. I'm sure I doubt it <laughs> because the NFL's playing. The NFL just needs to. I, mean, I don't see it, any. Uh, there's December important. 30th, 31st. Tax Slayer Bowls on the 31st. Music City's on the 31st. Um, at least we're not, not going that, to the Music City Bowl this year. Is it not the Outback Bowl anymore? It says Tampa Bay Bowl, January 2nd. Uh, citrus bowl january 2nd yeah <laughs> so college football bent the knee to the nfl which everybody, I get everybody bends the knee to the NFL. no and i totally get it but i mean new year's day bowls are supposed to be played on new year's day exactly I now mean, a lot the, of, the, now, the now keep in mind a lot of these were played in pro stadiums so that's a problem fair but the, the NBA, NFL take off and play the Super Bowl on February 19th instead of February 12th? In, in place of what? Well, I'm saying they could not play January 1st. Not play. Let's just take that whole weekend off, NFL. It's bowl season, right. bowl game. Yeah. Push the season back. Super Bowl's February 12th. Play it on February 19th. But then you can't do that because the Daytona, I know Daytona 500 and Super Bowl aren't the same thing, but the Daytona 500. Is the next week? It's always the next weekend after the Super Bowl. You just got too much going on, but yeah, it does. I bet, yeah, that's, it stinks. I I don't like it. Because <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, because I work in a restaurant, so my my work schedule is much different than you boys. Most people work on January second if it's a weekday, right? 
Uh, I think a bunch of companies are going to take that Monday off. We get that Monday off because it, since it, when a holiday falls on a Saturday, we get the Friday off. When it falls on a Sunday, we get the Monday off. So this year it falls on Sunday. So we get the 26th and the second off. I think the banks and stuff like that, that's how they're going to do it. Probably. I think either way, on January 2nd, I will be pouring drinks for the good people of Sevier County. So that blows. Um, So I, I am really thinking hard about going to the Orange Bowl. I am um, – will definitely 100% go to the Sugar Bowl. Cotton Bowl, I don't know. I would love to go see Jerry's World and go to that game, but I don't know. I can't um, let my first trip to Jerry's World be for a UT football game. It's got to be for the Cowboys. I'm exactly right there with you, Big Montana. That's how I feel about it. Like I, I like that. That's pretty close on my bucket list of places that I haven't been, and I just it something. I mean, it would be cool, but something wouldn't feel right if first time I stepped foot in that building was to watch Tennessee play. Yeah, what like the I, what? What was your mom's ties in the Colts game the other night? She just go with friends. Or I, what was that? Uh, no. So she was in Indianapolis for a uh, work convention. They um, nice. uh, so. I forgot the name of the the organization or the company or whatever, but there's there's always a big fair convention, and in the past it's been in Las Vegas, in San Antonio, and places. And this year is in Indy, and uh, they got all six or seven that went from Tennessee Valley Fair to go to the Colts game. Nice. And uh, it, this is funny. Uh, I want to bring this up. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Colts were minus two and a half Monday night. Uh, so I, I was, I was at work, uh, with my GM, John, and every Monday night, we normally bet on the Monday night game, just give us something to do. Cause Monday night's normally pretty slow. So I text my mom, obviously she does not gamble. Uh, and I was like, Hey, Colts are minus two and a half tonight. Means I got to win by three. How are, how are the vibes around the stadium? How, how's Indy feeling tonight? And she said, I love the Colts. The Steelers suck in its home game. Hammer them. So we did. And obviously, uh, Mama Harb is 0-1 on her expert picks of the year. So, Sad. I'm not going to say a bad word because my mother, but she needs to stick to her day job. So I put a <laughs> poll out on Twitter the other day. Uh, which bowl would you like to see the Vols play in? We had 44 votes. 66% of the voters said sugar. 27% said orange. Only 7% said cotton. So, in our unscientific poll of very few voters, they they preferred the sugar bowl. So, uh, Mendel fart here. Uh, is the orange bowl still considered a New Year's Six? Mm-hmm. Yes. All three of these bowls are New Year's Six bowls. Oh, the cotton bowl is too? Cotton, yeah. sugar, cotton, care. sugar, orange, uh, fiesta, rose, and peach. Yeah, go give me the. Uh, I'll be honest, man. I understand you want to go to the Sugar Bowl. I I want to play Clemson. I mean, yeah, the better matchup is Clemson. There's no I, doubt. I so that's in that Twitter poll, I voted Sugar Bowl because if we like, let's say. We go to the Sugar Bowl, go eleven and two on the season, beat Kansas State or 
somehow if we got Texas, I'd be I'd rather have that. But if we go eleven and two, win the Sugar Bowl, that mostly wipes out the taste of the South Carolina game for me. Not, I mean, like not fully. I mean, that's gonna hang on until we actually do make the playoff. But also a consolation prize in playing Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Orange, orange, orange. That'd be awesome. Like that, that would be too. So I, I truly don't think if it's between sugar and orange, we can go wrong either way. But I have zero desire in playing in the Cotton Bowl against Tulane. I mean, or, really, you you can't go wrong in any three of them. Yeah. But it's the desire but, for fans to travel and who we're playing is what stinks about the sugar and the. Well, and well the, the thing is, like, we're going to travel no matter where we go. And I think the Sugar Bowl knows that. The Sugar Bowl does not want Alabama. I don't think Bama's going to travel the Sugar Bowl. I mean, some of them will, no. but I think that since they're not in the playoff, people are going to take the year off. You know what I mean? The, the Sugar Bowl does not want Alabama because the last time Alabama went to the Sugar Bowl, they went down there and they gave up to a, a Trevor Knight-led Oklahoma team and got beat by a million. It was like 42 to 14 or 17 or whatever it was. So the Sugar Bowl doesn't want Alabama. I, I truly think the Sugar Bowl would rather have us because they know we're going to travel and know that we're going to play hard because – we haven't been in the Sugar Bowl in 30-something years. Dude, I'm ignorant to all this. Do the bowls pick us, or do does the committee tell us where to go? So, well, go the ahead. Sugar Bowl had contractually, if they're not hosting a playoff game or the national title, they have to take the high, the high, either the SEC champion or if the SEC champion is in the playoffs, they have to take the – highest rated um team not in the playoffs from the sec and i think it's the same with the big 12 as well they have to take the highest rated big 12 team not in the playoffs which would be k-state if they don't beat um if they don't beat tcu they'll they would automatically be in there in one of those playoff games i think if they do win but um they would automatically be in the sugar bowl because i think Either way, I think Kansas State's going to be in the Sugar Bowl because I don't think TCU drops below them. They are probably still in the playoffs if that happens, but depending on what everything else happens. But, yes, long story short, some of these bowls have contracts that when they're not hosting the playoffs, they have to take certain teams. But I think if I read it correctly, the Rose Bowl does not – they get to choose who they pick from, I think, both school – or both conferences. Right where the Sugar Bowl has a contract where they have to take Alabama and Kansas State. The Orange, I don't know. I think the Orange has the ACC champion, which is why Clemson or North Carolina would go there, and then an at-large team. It's usually Big Ten ACC, but I'm not sure there would be a Big Ten team to go there because of the the Rose Bowl. Right. Which I guess they could take Penn State, but that's another thing too about all this is if they do, if the rumors are true, Penn State's going to go to a better bowl game than we will, and they do not deserve to go to the Rose Bowl. I'm sorry, they do not. Yeah, that's bullshit. They haven't beat anybody. 
Ohio State hasn't beat anybody. Alabama, for that matter, hasn't beat anybody. Um, so Ohio State's best win is a ten and two Penn State team, whose best win was against an eight and four Purdue team. Yeah, who, uh, who is coached by Jimmy Himes' boy Jeff Brom. So here's another thing too. Two things actually. If we didn't have now, this is a lot of what ifs. If we didn't have divisions, Tennessee would be playing Georgia for the SEC championship this Saturday. If we were in the SEC West, we would be playing Georgia for the SEC championship this Saturday. It's because we're in the East and we're Georgia's in our division and we lost two games. We're not playing for the SEC title. But I mean, this is another thing that says Tennessee is better than where they're ranked, in my opinion. Right. But we've always had to deal with this at Tennessee because we used to run up against Florida back in the 90s until we started beating them, and we would be sitting there top five or six in the country not playing for a conference title going to the Citrus Bowl because we lost one game to Florida. Yep. I I truly think with a healthy hooker, we're probably the second or third best team in the country. I I truly believe that. Uh, I mean, we shit the bed in Columbia. It is what it is. I mean, we're all mad about it. But if I we still play think that, without him, we're top five. We played 10 games in Columbia, 10 games in Knoxville, and 10 games on a neutral site. We win 28 of those. Like, yeah. I mean, it was just one of those freak things like you can't describe. Without Hooker, which I don't think that truly matters when you're talking about resume and ranking teams. But without Hooker, I would say with Milton, our ranking is probably pretty accurate. Uh, I still think we're top Ish. five. Ish. I, I think mean, we're better than Ohio State. Yeah, probably. And us and Bama would probably be a pick them. I picked that game right through the Uh Yeah, I will – I'll eat my crow. Uh, I what what Michigan did to Ohio State. I thought Ohio State was going to do Michigan. So I'll eat my crow. Boys, inflame me for uh, fifteen seconds. I think, I think Michigan wins a national title this year. No, I'll, I'll take you up. I'll take you up on that right now. No. I still think Georgia wins, but I think the Michigan Georgia game would be a lot better than it was last year. Uh, if that was awful see- last year. If USC is the four slot, is there any chance that they give Georgia a scare? No. No. I mean, I, I think agree. They, I think they might hang around for a quarter or a half, but Georgia pulls away. Georgia absolutely dismantled Tennessee's offense, and I think Tennessee's offense is more high-powered, more explosive than USC on their best day. Um I agree with you. They knew exactly how to stop us, and it would be the same results, I think. And Georgia has sleptwalked all season except against us. They have sleptwalked all year. They really have. That's what I'm thinking. This Michigan team, man, they can run the football, and I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. I mean, Georgia has sleptwalked. And they they gave up one point more per game than they did again than they did last year, and yeah. but it's just the games. That, I mean, the Missouri game they you know could have easily lost that game. Yeah. Uh, there was another game where they kind of slept walk around Georgia Tech this past weekend. I mean, I know they blew them out, but for 
a, ha- a half a football, it was like they were up 13 to nine or something like that. So, yeah, uh, I, I think they're one of those teams that like turns it on when they need to. Yeah. While we're speaking of USC, it made me think of this. I had this discussion at work earlier. The Maxwell Award goes to the player of the year in college football. They released the finalists for most of the awards today. The finalists are C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Caleb Williams, USC, Hendon Hooker, University of Tennessee. That's player of the year. The Davey O'Brien Award for best quarterback in the country. The finalists are C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, Caleb Williams, USC, and Max Duggan, TCU. Hmm. You're kidding me. I've not heard these. I didn't know that. No, I swear to God. So my question to you boys and to all the listeners uh, in the state of Tennessee and across the country and maybe outside the country and the world, I don't know. How can the finalists for the college football player of the year be three quarterbacks and the finalist for the best quarterback in the country also be three quarterbacks, but it's a different three. Someone please explain that to me like I'm six years old. Besides the fact that Hendon Hooker wears orange. Um, and I just saw here that Max Duggan won the 2022 Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award. Is it just me or is he not very good? Is it just me or is he not very good? If we're going to give a Golden Arm Award, he's got a Joe Milk. I've never seen anyone throw a football like that. <laughs> that is unbelievable. This is nine hours ago. Dandy Yank, dude, like he throws a football like a golf ball. Here's my thing. If you're gonna put so Stroud and Williams, I get it. That's fine. Put them in there. But if you're gonna put any quarterback ahead of Hendon Hooker. The only one that I think you could argue would be Bryce Young. Truthfully, like non-biased, I think it's Bryce Young. But the one after that would be the old boy from North Carolina, Drake May. How in the hell? And I've taken my hat off. I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> uh, God almighty. How the hell do you put that boy from TCU in there? I understand they're undefeated, but who the hell have they beat? Like... You gotta be kidding me! This is horse shit. Give me a break. Give me a break. Good grief! Does my question to you all is: Does Hendon Hooker get invited to New York for the Heisman? I think he does. Don't they? Don't they take four people? Well, it depends every year. It, it depends on the vote, like how many votes. He, I think they have to get a certain amount. Like a, I think it's a percentage. Maybe I don't know. There's there's a criteria they have to meet. I think it's anywhere between three and five. I, I think he gets invited. I think – do y'all think old buddy from USC wins it? Yes. Yeah, and he shouldn't, but he's going to. I would rather him win it than Trout, to be honest with you. No, I'm right there. I, I agree with that, but I don't know. If Hooker, Hooker is getting punished for missing one game in a quarter. Yeah. And granted. And, and would he have even played 
the whole game in that game he missed. He probably would have just played like a half, maybe. Right. And yeah, so they're punishing for missing two and a half, three quarters of a season. The thing about it is, all the time that he's been on the bench this year probably equals a full game, too. I think if you had to pick five to be in New York, it's Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud, Hooker, uh, Corum. The running back from Michigan. He deserves to be there. And um the quarterback from North Carolina is a true freshman, so he's gonna have his time. And I hate to say it, but I think Bryce Young should be the fifth guy. I mean, he's not gonna get votes to win it, but dude is incredible. And I hate to give him credit, but he is. Yeah. I think that's the five. I truly I'm do. Glad he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's gonna make a lot of money, and he's gonna make an NFL franchise very happy. So I didn't know this. I'm looking at the like selection process. Originally, only players east of the Mississippi were eligible for the Heisman, but since 1936, all football players playing in all divisions of college football nationwide are eligible for the award. Though winners usually represent Division One football subdivision schools, so. You could be at Carson Newman or Maryville College and be eligible for the Heisman. I didn't know that. I just thought it was a D1 award. I had no idea. I had heard the thing about uh, only certain players were eligible. I didn't realize it was east of the Mississippi. But I think it says here um, that the top four in votes get to go. I'm not – I don't know that that's correct. Uh, while you're looking, you said Carson Newman. It made me think of something. I want to give a special shout-out to uh, Braxton Westfield, a uh, good buddy of mine uh, with COVID year and other things. He was in his final year of eligibility. He's a wide receiver over at Carson Newman this year, and he is a finalist for the D2 Heisman. Nice. Uh, kids, nice. straight up, kids are straight-up baller. Just wanted to give him a shout-out. Uh, great dude, uh, great ball player, even better guy. So, I just want to give him a shout out for that. Fear of the Creek. Does he listen to the show? Uh, doubtful. Uh, <laughs> we can change that real we quick. Need to, we need to get him to listen. Maybe we can get him on and interview him, even well, though nobody, could, no Vol fans would know who he is. But, right. Uh, we could, uh, we could change that real quick when, when I tell him he got a shout out, but very seriously, yeah. um, Dude has potential for Sunday talent, and that's not a joke. Um, Keep your eyes open. Kid's flat-out freak. Remember the name Braxton Westfield. If he pops up on your Twitter feed saying he got picked up by somebody, don't be surprised. Keep your uh, eyes and ears open for Braxton Westfield, Carson Newman Eagles. Um, I think Hooker should go to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He's one of the best players in college football. He deserves to be there. I don't care if he got hurt or not. The college football playoff committee put Ohio State in the playoffs a few years ago with, like, what was it, second, third-string quarterback. Uh, So, that's bull crap. Uh, So, yes, he should be there. And if he's not there, that's just another reason – to disregard and consider this award irrelevant, in my opinion, especially after what they did to Peyton. It's been a joke since Peyton Manning left. I mean, that was 20 
what was that 25 years ago and i'm still bitter about it but it's i'll on never the forget i'll never it, forget watching on, that show it's that on night. espn tennessee should not let espn game day come back to knoxville ever kirk herbstreit is a cuck what has happened to him? It is, is time to excommunicate him from campus. The state sucks. Send him it back sucks. to Ohio State and to Ohio. I don't understand what's happened to him. He used to vouch for Tennessee, and he's like a hater. I don't get it. I don't know if it was because he took so much crap last year after the uh, mustard throwing and golf ball incident. I don't know what what's going on, but it you it's just clear as day. He he'll say it's not, but. It's clear as day he has a bias against us for some reason. Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, throwing trash on the field, obviously we got absolutely trashed, no pun intended, by the national media last year when we did it against Ole Miss. I would like to rewind to Thanksgiving night about a week ago when uh, in the Egg Bowl when um, – Granted, Ole Miss did get a bad call their way, but their student section was throwing beer cans and a damn folding chair WWF style (laughs) in the end zone. ECW style. And if you didn't watch that game live or check your Twitter feed within an hour of the end of that game, you didn't hear a peep about it. So the irony that we threw trash on the field against Ole Miss and Ole Miss fans were clutching their pearls and – saying we had no class or dignity, and then they turn around and do that shit the year later. And you didn't there, hear a word about it. The media – I saw one media argument saying there wasn't a, a delay in the game, so that's really why they're not saying much about it. There like, wasn't Are you delay. kidding me? What, what, what's the difference? You're, they're still throwing stuff on the field. It's Sad and unfair. Fake, fake news sports journalist media. This – Ridiculous. Um, so stupid. I've lost my notes here. Hold on just a second. Because um, I had some things I want, some other things I wanted to talk about. Oh, yes. Let's move on from football for a minute. I know it's still football season. We got a lot. We got a, one more game to go, bowl game. But how about the uh, baller balls? Tennessee basketball goes down to the Bahamas. Wins the battle for Atlantis, beats Butler, USC, and the defending national champion, number three ranked Kansas Jayhawks. All three without senior Josiah James. Which isn't a bad thing. No, no, no. You want to have him, but. No, what I'm saying is it's a big positive because he is pretty much a, I mean, I guess a three-year starter, I guess. I mean, he's a four-year guy. He's a glue guy. Probably uh, he's in consideration for our best player. It's huge because last time I was on here, um, I was cracking jokes about losing to Colorado, which that game was gross. My opinion of that game still doesn't change. I was making jokes about losing in November as opposed to March, blah, blah, blah. Anytime you, anytime you more in college basketball, if you win a Thanksgiving weekend tournament, it's a big deal. It's it's the biggest deal you can get before conference play starts around Christmas time. I think there was a stat floating around that nine of the last eleven national champions have won a in season tournament. Any type of tournament play where you're playing a team like Kansas, a blue blood, at the end 
and you're not getting time to prepare and you still go out there and make a game or win, it's got to give you confidence because that's basically what March is. I mean, you're, you don't know who you're going to play. It's show up, put the ball out there, do your thing. Um, so I even tweeted about it. I said, kudos to Rick Barnes and the Vols for being able to do this. Um, very, very impressive. Because, and on top of that, you can say what you want about Butler. I was one of those people. Um, if you get invited to the battle for Atlantis, you are normally at least projected inside the top 40 college basketball teams because that's who they want in these tournaments. Uh, we started off slow. We beat them by 26, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, also, on Thanksgiving Day, I didn't get to watch. A whole, I, I got to catch the very end of the USC game. Uh, I was over at my cousin Tiffany's house in Asheville, North Carolina. Did a lot of traveling. Got to watch like the last probably 10 minutes of regulation and overtime. I don't know how good USC is, uh, but it's just – it's reassuring and it's good to see that we can close out a game. Like, I, like I, I didn't see – I'm going to be honest. I, I watched the first half. I was at my cousin's house. At halftime, I went outside and was playing cornhole because the weather was great, and I totally forgot the game was on. I was like, oh, crap. I wonder what the score is. And when I ran back over, there was like two or three minutes left in regulation. So I watched the last two or three minutes and then overtime, obviously. I don't know. USC usually under infield makes the tournament. Um, and I think they've, they're have they always in contention for the Pac-12. But I don't know what there's – I've not read a lot about them. I don't know what they're like this year. But, um, I mean, they're not a terrible. They're not bad. They're pretty good. But uh, they, they look how they normally do. Pretty long, athletic, solid defensive team. You know, I mean, and then when we played Kansas, I'm a gambler. I thought something was off when we were favored by when we were favored. Uh, I think by, it was, by, we were favored by one and a half, and then ESPN's yep, BPI had us a 66% chance to win. <laughs> yeah, I thought something was off of that with us because, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't have anybody out. And we yeah. had one of our starters out because I, I – truthfully, just because I've been scorned in the past, I, I was like, okay, we'll, like, we'll play him tight, lose, you know, whatever. I was just kind of trying to – because it's November, it's basketball. Like, I'm just trying to not get butt hurt over this. We're favored by two, and I was like, well, that kind of tells you who's going to win. And then we go out there and dominate them. Shut them down, beat them by 14, 15, whatever it was. Played lots out defense. Offense played pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the boys are rolling. I, I said in the, I guess, preseason or whenever we played our first game or whatever, we'd hover somewhere between 7 and 16. We're back up to 13 now, right in the middle. We're going to be good. We're going well, I mean – we're probably going to be a three. I, my prediction is we're going to be a three seed in the tournament. We're going to be a good basketball team. I mean, I went to they played McNeese State tonight at Thompson Bowling. They did not shoot the ball well, which they've been known this team is known to do already. But I mean, they played really good defense. That team's not very good, but they won by thirty six, and they didn't really play well. So that says a lot about them, in my opinion. They covered. I'm telling you, I, I text some other guys this. 
y'all might make fun of me or say I'm wrong, but I think Tennessee is an elite basketball program right now. The mentality and the ability. I mean, they they went into that. You could tell they went into that Kansas game expecting to win, and they took their game plan to Kansas. It wasn't the we didn't walk into that game afraid of Kansas or anything like that. But Rick Barnes has got the mentality of this basketball program right now where I feel like it's an elite basketball program in the country right now. I know we don't have a lot of success in March because we just don't, for whatever reason, we cannot win in the NCAA tournament. But, I mean, you look at what he's done since he's been here. We consistently compete for the SEC title. We've won the SEC title twice since he's been here one tournament one regular season um we're just missing that that final four run but i think tennessee is right up there with anybody right now as far as college basketball goes i'd agree with you um i don't know i mean obviously there's a tier system i don't know how many you would put in that elite tier but i would definitely say that in this current moment we're a top 10 basketball program for longevity. I mean, I think you would put put Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Michigan State up there. Um, But where do you – who do you put up there after them? Like, who's the elite programs after that? I mean, UCLA. North Carolina. North Carolina's in there. Well, that's what I said. I said North Carolina, Carolina, Duke, Michigan State, Kansas. um, Are we ahead of Kentucky right now? Like Kentucky, I forgot about them. Yes. Um, I think I we think, are. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I think in the SEC pecking order right now, you've got – it's Tennessee and Kentucky. But then you've got programs that are coming up. Like, I think Texas can be in there. Um, you've got Gonzaga out west that's in that category. You've got um, – Arkansas. Arkansas can be there. Um, I'm trying to think up north of anybody besides Michigan State. I mean, I, Ohio I State's always decent. I mean, I'm not saying they're in that same class, but they're they could be in there. But yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. It's tough. I mean, I one that might shock you is Purdue. I think Purdue's up there with Tennessee, dude. <laughs> I, good <laughs> as it sits right now. I think Purdue's the best team in the country because they beat. Duke and Gonzaga, which I don't think Gonzaga is what they have been the last couple of years, but no, they're but still they, they they're beat still the snot involved. out of them. Duke and Gonzaga, they beat them by like eighteen and nineteen. They've got some dude that's like seven two or some bullshit for them. They always do, right? But this guy can like actually play. Like he's not just big. Like this dude, this dude can play. They've I mean, still got you, they've still got Houston number one, or is it Virginia? Yeah, I mean you got. Like Houston's number one, but then you got like Virginia, who under Tony Bennett's always going to be up there. I know they were down last year, but you got Virginia's up there. Arizona's in there. Um, look who's in the top ten: Indiana. <laughs> Where did they come from? Right. Now, I know they're playing North Carolina tonight. I don't know the score of that game, but um, I think Tennessee's right there with any of those. I mean, uh, I think I would put them ahead of Indiana. UConn's eight. I would put ahead of them. Creighton's seven. Creighton's usually pretty good. Baylor, uh, I would put Baylor in that category as elite. Indiana um, won by double digits against Carolina tonight, by the way, 77 to 65. Carolina's lost three games now. I know a couple of them were in the tournament, but they've fallen all the way to 18. 
So while I'm, while I'm looking at it, I saw somebody uh, post this on Twitter. Um, they were like, man, December 17th is looking like a great weekend for college basketball. And I just yes. want to read up some of the – if you've seen it, cool. But for those that haven't seen it, I'm going to read up I'm going to read off some of the matchups from December 17th and their current rankings as of today. So we have number nine, Kansas, hosting number 10, Indiana. Uh, we have number 14, Gonzaga, hosting number 11, Alabama. Alabama's team look for an SEC. They're, they're playing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the marquee matchup of the day as it sits right now is number three, Virginia, hosting number one, Houston, for December in college basketball. That's massive. Wow. Yeah. Um, in the CBS Sports Classic, you have number 25, Ohio State, hosting number 18, North Carolina. Carolina may be having a little spiral. But also, you have uh, Kentucky hosting UCLA, 19 versus 21. Um, and then you have Purdue versus Davidson. Purdue's number five currently. And uh, you also have number eight, UConn, hosted by Butler, which that could be whatever. Uh, and to close close the night out at 1030 uh, in Arizona, you have the number four Arizona Wildcats hosting the number 13 Tennessee Volunteers. It's going to be a huge, huge day. It's a huge day of college basketball. My slate is clean that day. Mine, unfortunately, will not be clean except until that night, so – I well, promise you I'll be watching that night, but I've have youth basketball duties all over town that day, unfortunately. But I will be keeping track. Don't worry. I mean, golly, I, if I was at home, I wouldn't be doing anything except watching college basketball all day long. That's what I'll be doing. God, that's a great, great day. Um, so we'll keep tabs on the Vols basketball team. They don't really have uh, – I think they play Alcorn State this Sunday – at Thompson Bowling, and they really don't have a big opponent until they play Arizona. So they got a couple games here uh, since the Bahamas between them and Arizona. So uh, to get ready for that one. All right. Um, before we get off here, I teased this last week. Harbin, this was all Harbin. Uh, I came up with the idea to put it on the show because of what he was saying. But he got out of the shower over there in Spartanburg at my uncle's house. And he was like, my God, guys, that is one of the best showers I've ever taken. So Harbin wants to share with us the top five showers that he's taken. And Harbin did reveal before the show that uh, we've actually had a listener in the shower. Logan shared. Whoa, listener in the shower. He was listen- Was he listening in the shower? Uh, I, I'm not I sure. I thought you said he was listening in the shower. Uh, he may have been listening in the shower. Um, or I'm going to go with Logan was listening to us in the shower. I, I believe it. I mean, the the guy's a busy man. He's got a double task, you know. I mean, he's got he's got he's got wash off that body after a long day with UPS, and he's got to get his section Y weight and Y weight and before he gets to his uh. Before you tell us about your showers real quick, uh, all this stuff going on Instagram about people Spotify and what is that? They're wrapped or whatever that is. Uh, Nick Bain, listener of the show, posted his top five podcast that he listens to. We're not even in it. Sad. Unbelievable. Nicholas. Nicholas. told me to stop crying and I told him no. (laughs) 
Nicholas, you're probably not listening, but I will tell you this in the upcoming days. Do better. Do better. Be better. Just do do better. Be smarter. All right. Tell us about your top five showers. All right. So I thought about this long and hard over the last couple weeks. Um, Some of these aren't. Uh, by the way, that's what she said. That's what uh, she said. Right. Yeah, I knew when I, I was going to interrupt you. No, you're good. I knew. I knew it was coming. Uh, that's what she said too. Hey, oh, um, <laughs> um, some of these are pretty vague, but once I describe them, you'll understand. So, top five, uh, coming in at number five on the list. Uh, this isn't. That I guess this is a specific one. Uh, when I when I moved into the house I lived in at Carson Newman, uh, I'd probably been there for probably three months or so, three or actually it was longer than that, probably like like five months or so, and then uh, fall break, Thanksgiving, whatever rolled around, I went back over to to the homeland, Granger County, and our water pressure at the house in Jefferson City sucked. It was awful. It was like taking a bath underneath the damn faucet. Uh, so that first shower back in like good clean water pressure that I was used to, that's number five. And it was also being at home, you know, like that helps. At number four, we are going with now listener of the show, Austin Hayes. Uh, we were on a beach trip one time and we was in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It was my senior trip, but everybody else was a year older than I was. Um, it was at this shithole, uh, motel in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It's called the sea dip. Google earth it. You'll see it. It's not much. That room was awful, but that shower had the, Hardest water pressure I've ever been a part of. I'm talking like you get off the beach and you got like a little bit of sunburn. It's going to hurt, which personally I prefer. So that's probably number four for me. At number three, listener of the show, Logan Sherrod, the one that we alluded to. Um, I was in his wedding this past September. He got married on the day of the Pittsburgh game. I'm not going to hold that against him. Um, the night before, all the groomsmen stayed at stayed at his house. Well, the morning before the wedding, I hopped in. Uh, we all got ready at his house. I hopped in the shower. I jumped in there and turned the water on, and I was greeted by a surprise on the back half of my body. It wasn't necessarily my backside per se, but it was like lower back. And obviously the water's cold. They have a, they have a, uh, shower head. That's about belly high in their <laughs> shower straight out of the wall that shoots out like a damn super soaker. So they have an overhead one and one outside. And it first caught me off guard. At first, I hated it. But once the water got warm, I realized that it was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. 
because you got you, you, I mean you're you, you don't have to you don't have to necessarily cover up like this to get your whole body warm if it's cold outside whatnot <laughs> I enjoyed that one a lot uh coming in at number two um this one's random and I'm also kind of rambling because I need to fill out a top five <laughs> um Hell, I can't even think of a number two. We're going to skip number two. <laughs> uh, Logan Sherrod Shower can be number two and number three. That's how good it was. And coming out number one was at Uncle Eric and Aunt Melody's house in the pool room in Spartanburg, South Carolina. So we were, it was the morning before we went to the game. We was all hanging out. Uh, getting ready, whatnot. Well, most of the bathrooms inside were taken. Well, I remember from the night before that there was a bathroom out there. And when I went and used the restroom, I noticed there was a shower in there. So I said, Aunt Melody, can I, can I just go shower out there? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And boys, let me tell you, <laughs> spiritual experience. It's like mm. holy water coming out of that shower head. Mm. I'm telling you. Mm. I mean, just from... So you had to walk outside, and it was about 40 degrees that morning. It was chilly. I mean, it was chilly, and I was I wasn't feeling too hot from the night before. So I was dreading that walk. It wasn't a long walk, but I was dreading it. I get in there, and they've got a heater in there. And you already feel cozy as soon as you walk in that bathroom. And it's a nice little walk-in shower. Uh, got a little cutout for your for your shampoo, conditioner, body wash, soap, whatever you need. A nice little cut out. You turn that thing on. And it's one of them overhead ones that just pours straight out from the top. And normally those they just kind of they just kind of piss out, you know. It's like the rain, the rain faucets or whatever. It like yes. comes down top of you. Yeah. Yes. So most of the time when those come out, they just kind of piss out, like whatever. You know, they're cool because they're right above you. This one was like Shawshank Redemption rain. <laughs> or the notebook rain. For those of y'all that are in touch with your uh, with your emotional side, it was absolutely incredible. I turned I turned that some bitch all the way on hot. <laughs> God, I I mean, and I just sat there. I guarantee they're all like, "Where the hell is Harbat?" I sat in there for probably fifteen minutes, just soaking it in. Like, damn, I've never felt a shower this good. So. And I obviously I did wash myself. I didn't just sit in there. <laughs> I washed myself. Um, and then I walked back in. And I, I didn't want to be a captive of the moment. So I walked back in after I got dressed and everything. And I was like, guys, that was the top five shower I've ever had. And now that I've had probably two weeks to reflect on it, that's probably the number one shower that I've ever been in, in my entire life. So... It's funny because uh, I've never taken a shower in that shower. Next time I go over there, I will take a shower in it. Um, You're gonna have to. I'm going to have to now. But uh, poor old Burkhart in the room he was in. So for some reason, the um, whatever you call it, the control or whatever it is, turn a shower, shower on his shower knob is backwards. And he could not figure out for the life of him. So he took a cold shower. While Harbin's standing out there taking a hot, it was like glorious shower. 
Yeah. We forgot to tell Burkhart that it's opposite. So when you turn it on hot, the water's cold. When you turn it on cold, the water's hot. So I took a shower in there. That's where I stay in that room most of the time when I'm there. Uh, and I just flat out forgot. So apologies to Burkhart. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm going to take a shower in that shower next time I'm over there. If I'm over there here in December, which I'm not sure if I will be or not, I will take a shower out there. I've used the bathroom a lot out there, just never taking a shower. I mean, it, it was incredible. Uh, I think there was a lot of uh, preceding factors that went into it. Kind of like you and me staying up till about, or staying outside till about 2 a.m., not yeah, before about what two two thirty something like that yeah two two thirty and um, you know when it's cold out you don't know how much you've how much you've in you've taken in you know as far as uh, alcoholic beverages are concerned uh well I went down and uh, about got ready for bed and kind of kind of let the kind of warmed up and then everything kind of started hitting I wasn't and. Uh, Kevin Griff was like, hey, man, you want to watch the new Top Gun? It's 3 a.m. I was like, man, we can start it. Yeah, I opened the door. I'm like, what are y'all doing? I was laying on the air mattress. So me, Patrick, Harb, and Griff slept in the basement. I don't know where Griff slept, but. Uh, He was sleeping in a recliner. Oh, okay. I don't know where he ended up. Well, they turned on uh, Top Gun in the movie room there at my uncle's house and started watching it about three two thirty three in the morning. So I shut the door. I, I laid there for about 10 minutes with the door open and just light beaming in. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a door there. So I shut it and I was out after that. But yeah, I don't know uh, how long y'all made it through there. I don't think it was long, but. uh Yeah, I probably paid attention for 20 minutes of it. Uh, I passed out. I but tell you what. I I did not get much sleep that weekend because we stayed up late that night. And then when we got back from the game, uh, we ate and then I went upstairs and my cousin Reagan was like, like just full hyper, like bouncing off the walls. And I stayed up there talking to her for a couple hours and I looked down, I'm like, Reagan, I, I gotta go to bed. It's two 30 in the morning. I, I'm like dying here. Tennessee lost. I'm tired. Well, I probably didn't. I kept waking up, going back to sleep, waking up, going back to sleep. When I got home Sunday afternoon, I ate dinner and went straight to bed. And I slept from probably about nine o'clock till about, I think I slept through my alarm, woke up about seven on Monday morning. So that, that was one of the pluses that I had with riding with Burke is that I was back in my living room by two 30 on Saturday. That's about when we got home. Yeah, we were right behind y'all. Yeah. Well, Burke don't mess around when it comes to travel. Leave (laughs) early, get back early. We have an itinerary here. I'll print you (laughs) off a 12-page packet. Please flip nine for for the scheduled events for today. You should see him on our golf trip. You know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I was referring to. Like, we have an itinerary. And he has got that damn clipboard and uh damn two inch binder. Like he he's ready to roll. He's in full teacher mode when he's with us, or full dad mode. I don't know which <laughs> one. So um, before we go here, uh, SEC championships this weekend. A lot of championship games. Big Montana's in the running for the Pickham Championship. Prayers. So T's and P's to him. Um, what are we looking forward to this weekend as we wrap the show up? 
I just want to sit on the couch and watch football. Uh, I don't have to be worried about anything except for this pick Um I'm just ready to sit down and watch football. It's been a long week. Get fired up. Does uh, Georgia win the SEC title? Does USC win the Pac-12? What, what are we thinking here? Uh, yeah, I think all the favorites win. I don't know if all the favorites cover, though. Um, I like Georgia to cover. I like USC to cover. I like Kansas State to pull the line. Um, I like Michigan to cover, even though Purdue is known for covering the line. Um, there's a bunch of games on that pick and I don't even know who they are. That's going to be rough. Yeah, I hadn't even looked at it yet, but there's – yeah, there's a bunch on Did there. Did you know that the last game is the Navy-Army game next week? Yeah. That, that always happened. is. Well, on our pick sheet, we normally uh, don't do that, but this year we've added it to I where sheet, you bad. pick it, but it's it's not till next week. So, like, I there could be, like, so a game bad. that – that game could decide, like, who wins or loses. The, the It may not just, mean anything, but – I hope it doesn't. I, I hope I win or lose Saturday night and it's decided. So it's always a fun weekend to pick games as the championship weekend because sometimes you never know what you're going to get. Most of the time it's uneventful, but there's that rare weekend where ugh. it can get a little crazy. 1998 comes to mind. Yeah. So I'm not putting money on these takes just right now, but in the moment, these are my takes. Uh, Georgia wins. I think LSU covers, though. I think LSU hangs a little bit uh, just because of how weird college football has been this year. They get beat by 15 by Texas A&M, and then they hang with Georgia. They're up and down. I think that's how that goes. Um, just for an agent of chaos, for some reason, I'm feeling Utah going 2-0 against USC on the year. Um Personally, at this point, I would rather USC win because I do not want Ohio State in there. But for some reason, I'm just I'm just kind of feeling Utah. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Michigan won like forty nine to seven. Just wouldn't shock me. Um, I don't know what the spread is on Kansas State TCU. So I can't speak much on that. I think I think TCU does what they've done all year and squeak one by. Um, but this weekend, since we're not playing, and since I'm a proud American, um, I will be at Schulzbrow Brewing Company by eight a.m. on Saturday for uh, the U.S. Men's National Team for their match against the Netherlands. Hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad we beat Iran. The other day, not Iran, Iran. Yeah, they. they what time? What, what time is that? That bout start soccer. Uh, Ten a.m. Okay, Eastern. I, I might watch it then. I was gonna say I'll watch real football over that, but since it's at ten, I'll probably watch it. That's fair. That's fair. But um, I watched the whole. Yeah. I watched the whole uh, England versus USA, and I was very pissed off. They ended in a tie. We got to figure this out. That's why Lime Americans is, don't like soccer. Line, line these guys fair. up and take 10 shots, 10 players, 10 kicks, whoever gets the most out of 10 wins. Well, they will in I knockout think. stage. They yeah, they will in knockout play. stage. I fixed it. They will. They will. So, They'll do it in knockout. So it's they just don't fair do it in that you feel that way, 
But it was also a big time win for us that we drew England. Well, because England, I, I think according to FIFA rankings, is the number five team in the world, and I think we're around twenty. So we can't. But yeah, I will be watching that, uh, and then the weekend after, I always get pumped for the Army Navy game. I, I think that's awesome that it's the only game of the week. Um, I I will have my happy ass on the couch watching that. So. There's well, a lot, a lot to look forward to this weekend. Lots of football to watch. So, hope everybody finds a place to watch it this weekend. Appreciate everybody listening. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us anywhere you hear podcasts. We are out of time, Tony Schiavone style no. for Harbin for Big Montana. This is Negative Niece. We'll see you guys next week on the Section YY8 podcast. Once I had-